man, you've changed. That's usually the feedback one will receive from the people they used to kick it with in the past. Now, this change could be good or bad, depending on how the individual was in the past. So if they were someone that, you know, was an honorable student, you know, a star athlete or whatever, and then, you know, years pass after graduation and now they're, you know, on drugs and this, that, and the other, that could be a, man, you've changed. Or if they were the reverse of that, like say they were always the class clown and they cut up a lot, they dropped out of school and this, that, and the other. And then years later, um, those people that they used to hang out with when they were doing that, like now this person has become successful, they've gotten their act together, so on and so forth. And then they run into the people that they used to kick it with back when they were acting a fool. And they're like, man, you've changed. So you can see how it could be good or bad depending on how the individual used to be in the past. But when it comes to Yahuwah's kingdom, however, the change is always good because we're leaving the lesser kingdom to enter into the greater kingdom. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. All right, let's get into it. John 15, 50 to 58, or 1 Corinthians 15, 50 to 58 says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of Yahuwah, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to Yahuwah who gives us the victory through our Adonai Yahusha Hamashiach. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of Adonai, knowing that your labor is not in vain in Adonai. So <laughs> there are a few things that um, popped out when I was reading this. First of all, and this is, you know, even before I started getting into, well, Ruach just started getting into what it is that he wanted me to speak about. So at first it says, we'll be changed in a twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. That stood out to me because of Revelation eleven fifteen to 19, which, where it talks about the seventh uh, shofar blast, which that's what the trumpet is. It's a shofar. It's a ram's horn. But at the last trump, so in the twinkling of, the eye, of an eye at the last trumpet or the last shofar, is when we will be changed. So go to Revelation 11, 15 to 19. Read it for yourself. I'm not going to read it here because I already have a lot of scripture that, well, I have a lot of manna <laughs> that I'm going to be um, speaking today. So I don't like calling it scripture for some reason. It doesn't seem like that's what it's supposed to be called. So 
I'm just going to say a lot of manna to feed you today. Okay. Um, that stood out to me because of that. And then where it says death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where's your sting? Hades, where's your victory? That stood out because of Revelation 20, 11 and 15, where it talks about death and Hades will be thrown into the lake, which burns with fire and brimstone. All right. And brimstone, again, like I said in another episode, is a form of pure. It's an agent of purification. Okay, we know that fire purifies, but brimstone also purifies. So it's like the ultimate purification that's going on. And what's being purified? Yahuwah's creation is being purified, is being purged of the corruption that came into it, the disease that came into it. All right. And that's not even what I'm here to talk about. But I just want you guys to go read those two scriptures so you can understand why it is that that connection formed in my brain. All right. So the corruptible must put on incorruption. So this isn't speaking of our Ruach. This is speaking of our flesh. Okay. So let's go to Matthew 10 and 28. And my disclaimer is always for you guys to go and read the entire chapters and even the chapters before and after. And then obviously seek Yahuwah for context because um, you should never just trust in a person and what they're speaking. Yes, Ruach HaKodesh and you should witness to Ruach HaKodesh and me that what I'm speaking is the truth. However, no one is... no. Everybody has the, the ability to be infallible, okay? So always, always verify with Yahuwah whether these words are true and faithful, Okay. Hallelujah. Wow. So Matthew Yahu 10 and 28 says, and fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him, which is able to destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. Okay. And that is the place of everlasting punishment, which we call the lake of fire. Okay. Gehenna. All right. So Corinthians, first Corinthians 15 speaks is speaks of us being changed in the twinkling of an eye. But again, that's only speaking of our corruptible flesh. The inward change should be happening right now. We change inside first. So our spirits are changed first. We're cleansed from the inside out. You remember when Yahushua told the Pharisees or the religious leaders to clean the inside of their cups first? And then whatever they put into that, that cup will be clean. And then the rest of the cup will be clean as well. Because if the outside is clean, it doesn't matter. Because if the inside is, is dirty, then whatever you put into the inside is dirty as well. So the whole cup is dirty if the inside of the cup is dirty. That's what he was talking about. So right now we're all currently being washed from the inside out. All right. But listen to this. Well, I'm going to get to that in a second. So just keep that in mind about, you know, it starts from the inside and it's happening right now. All right. And then the flesh will happen because one thing that Rock Kadesh has always just drilled into me is the spiritual realm is the dominant realm. Yahuwah dwells in the spirit realm. He is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Okay. Right. So when he spoke everything into existence, he spoke it in the spiritual realm. Because that's where he dwells. And then the physical obeyed his words and became. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah, 
<laughs> the spiritual realm is the dominant realm. So he does everything spiritually first and then the, the flesh kind of manifest that okay so the flesh hasn't happened yet first corinthians 15 is talking about the fleshly change but we're currently undergoing the inward change okay the strength of sin is the law so if you go read romans 6 on your own paul talks about the law of sin and death so in context this is the same law mentioned here in first corinthians 15 and not the law of yahuwah given through moshe so that is the um, confusion that has been going on so long in some of these churches that when it says law, they think of the law that was given on Mount Sinai. That's not the law that <laughs> that um, Paul is mentioning most of the time, especially in Romans chapter six. He's talking about the law of sin and death. So when you have when you come into faith, well, when you come into the kingdom through faith in Yahushua Hamashiach, the law of sin and death no longer applies to you if if you are if you are baptized with Ruach HaKodesh okay the law of sin and death no longer applies to you however for everybody that has not come into the kingdom through Yahushua Hamashiach the law of sin and death still applies to them I pray that makes sense so the law of Moshe and the Levitical priesthood was always spiritual and it represents a greater priesthood so it's a type and shadow of a greater priesthood a greater priesthood that was actually mentioned in the torah <laughs> prior to the levitical priesthood and that is that of the order of melchizedek he brought forth bread and wine so i want to go ahead and read that because i put that in brackets for a reason so go to genesis 14 and 18 or barsheath 14 and 18 Actually, you know what? I think I'm going to read, because um, I have it on here to read, because it's a kingly priesthood. I'm going to read seven verses 17 to 24, and then I'm going to go back up to 18. Um, this is Genesis chapter 14. And the king of uh, Sidon, which is Sodom, went out to meet him after the return from the slaughter of... Okay, I can't, I can't pronounce this king's name, so pray, uh, bear with me. Kedorla, listen, look at verse 17 and you guys go ahead and you read that for yourself. I ain't going to pretend like I can read this name. Um, and the kings that were with him at the valley of Shaveh, which is the king's valley. And Melchizedek, king of, Sh um, it says Shalem, but Shalom, Shalom, the king of peace, basically brought forth bread and wine and he was the priest of Yahuwah and he blessed him and said, blessed be Avram of Yahuwah, possessor of heaven and earth and blessed be Yahuwah, which has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him tithes of all. And the king of Sodom said unto all Avram, give me the persons and take the goods to yourself. And Avram said to the king of Sodom, I have I have lift up my hand unto Yahuwah, Alua, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from a thread even to a shoe latchet, and that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Avram rich, save only that which the young men have eaten, and the portion of the men which went with me, Anur, Eshkol, and Mamre, I pray I'm pronouncing that right, let them take their portion." All right. So I just, um, 
I highlighted um, verse 18 where it says, and now mind you, this is a kingly priesthood. And Melchizedek, king of Shalem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of Yahuwah. So the bread and wine stood out to me for a number of reasons, and I'm pretty sure that those reasons perfectly popped into your mind as well. So go with me to Yehukanan chapter 6, starting at verse 48. I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is Yahushua speaking to the Talmudim. This is the bread which comes down, and the multitudes, my bad, from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eats of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Yahudim therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Yahushua said unto them, Aman, Aman, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the son of Adam and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoso eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me, and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he has... So he that eats me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eats of this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. All right. And the next one is Matthew Yahoo uh, 26, starting in verse 20. Give me some time to get there real quick. I did not put like placeholders because it was just too much. <laughs> so I figured you guys would just have to listen to me turning pages because I mean, if that distracts you, then I just, I pray for you because this, it shouldn't be a distraction. Um, what I say? 26 starting at verse 20 and going to verse 32. Is that it? Let me make sure I got the right scripture. Yeah, it looks like it's it. Okay, yeah. Now when the even was come, that's the evening, he sat down with the twelve, and as they did eat, he said, Amman, I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Adonai, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dips his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The son of Adam goes as it is written of him. But woe unto that man by whom the son of Adam is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Yehuda, which betrayed him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? He said unto him, You have said. You know, it always gets me how, like, he literally is like, Yeah, it's you. And they still don't seem to understand that it was Yehuda Iscariot. And as they were eating, Yehusha took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the Talmudim and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink, you all of it, for this is my blood of the renewed covenant. This is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew with you in my father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out of the Mount of Olives. Then said Yahushua unto them, all you shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, 
I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you unto Galil, which is Galilee. So I read that because when it said that um, Melchizedek had bread and wine, and we know that the order of the, the kingly priesthood, the order of Melchizedek is the greater priesthood than the, than the Levitical priesthood. It just made me think of this. And then he was the king of peace. And Yahushua is called the prince of peace. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it just, a lot of that is just like, ooh, okay, so who do you think Melchizedek represents? If he's the king of peace and Yahushua is the prince of peace, I'm just saying, like, it's a greater priesthood that it's representing. So the Levitical priesthood is a type and shadow. And um, you can go there on your own. I'm not going to read it. But if you read Psalm 110, it has references and it ties into Revelation chapter 19. But it, it you know, it just, all this stuff is just kind of flowing together very nicely. So Avram gave his tithes to Melchizedek as well. So wait a minute. I thought... That was a Levitical law. <laughs> or at least that's what we were always told, that it was a Levitical law. So let's dive a little bit deeper into that, okay? You see, Yahushua's problem with the religious leaders when he was here in the flesh was that they didn't understand the Levitical law um, has always been a spiritual law and a shadow of the kingdom to come. So check this out. If you go to Leviticus or Vayikra chapter one, which is where the Levitical law is laid out very plainly, it's not the only place where you see it mentioned, but this is like the book of Leviticus is literally the book of the law. That's, that's what it is. Um, so Leviticus chapter one says the ultimate sacrifice is the bullock, which is an ox, mind you. And for those of you that know Paleo Hebrew and those of you that don't know Paleo Hebrew, Yahushua Hamashiach is the Alaf and the Thaw. So the Alaf is represented by the ox head and it means strong leader. So the fact that the ultimate sacrifice, the very first sacrifice is mentioned in the book of Leviticus is that of a bullock or an ox <laughs> is very significant. And this is also the Pesach, you guys. So just prayerfully, you'll follow along with me, Rock Kodesh. Please give them eyes uh, to to see, ears to hear, and a mind to understand, and a heart to receive. Yahushua is both the high priest and the sacrifice. <laughs> so this is where a lot of scripture is about to be thrown at you guys, okay? So if you need to pause, go there, write this stuff down, please, by all means, do all of that. Um, the first scripture we're going to is Hebrews 2 and 17. And prayerfully, it won't take me 15 years to get to it because it usually does, so... Bear with me. <laughs> Hebrews. I always pass it. There it is. Hebrews 2 and 17 says, Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to Yahuwah to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Okay? But we're not done. Go over to chapter 3, and we're going to read all of chapter 3, actually. <laughs> it says, and this is still in Hebrews, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Mashiach Yahushua, 
who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moshe was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moshe, inasmuch as he who has built the house has more honor than the house. So he who built the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is Yahuwah. And Moshe truly was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Mashiach as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Wherefore, as the Ruach HaKadosh says, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years, wherefore I was grieved with the generation with that generation apologies, and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Hmm, they do always err in their heart, and they do not know my ways. Wow, so they don't know his kingdom. Which was our problem as well. So I swore in my wrath. They shall not enter into my rest. Now that right there, that entering into the rest, we need to enter into his rest. I just want y'all to understand that, okay? Take heed and his rest is the millennium, the millennial reign, which he hasn't given me a whole lot on that right now, but that's the millennial reign that it talks about in the book of Revelation. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living Yahuwah. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Mashiach if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said, today you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of the came out of Mitzrayim by Moshe. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness, and to whom swore he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? Hmm, that's key. But to them that believed not. Disbelief, unbelief. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. All right? Next one, same book, Hebrews chapter four, starting in verse 14, going to verse, verse 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Yahushua, the son of Yahuwah, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. All right, last one, I promise. Hebrew, well, last one for right now. <laughs> Hebrews 5, verses 1 to 11. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to Yahuwah, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. So this is the function of the high priest. He offers both gifts and sacrifices for sin, okay? So there's an offering and there's an oblation. Both of those are offered unto Yahuwah for sin, okay? Who have compassion on the ignorant 
and on them that are out of the way, for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity, and by reason hereof he ought, as for the people, so also for himself, to offer for sins. So he has to offer um, these oblations and these offerings for himself as well as for the people. For himself first. It's like being on a plane. The plane starts to go down. You don't put your the face mask on someone else first. They teach you to put yours on before you put somebody else's on because you don't want to die trying to save someone or trying to help someone else, basically. You don't want to be a hypocrite, basically. And by any reason, uh, I think I already read that, and no man take this honor unto himself, but he that is called of Yahuwah. So you don't appoint this to yourself. Yahuwah calls people to this designation, to this office, as was Aaron. So Aaron and his sons were called to this office. This is not something that you just appoint to people. And this is one of the problems that, you know, um, Rehoboam, Rehoboam, I think, and Jeroboam, I think, I want to say one of those, they appointed kings I mean, well they appointed priests first of all they changed one of those kings changed the <laughs> times and the days of worship and then they they changed the place of worship and built high places other high places of supposedly unto yahuwah and then just put random people there as the priests there so you know you can already see this in the history like i said i can't remember which one of the kings or how many of the kings it was what their names were specifically but if you just go back and read um the book of Kings, book of Chronicles, maybe even parts of Samuel, you know, first and second Samuel, you'll see these things written in there. All right. And we know this is a no-no because Yahuwah calls specific people to this office. Um, so also Mashiach glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but he that said unto him, you are my son, today I have begotten you. We know that's Yahuwah. And he says also in another place, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Ooh. Hmm. And that place is Psalms um, 110, and, uh, 110 and 4 specifically, but you can read the entire. It's only like seven verses, I want to say, seven or ten verses. Who was in the days of his, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared though we were, though he were a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered and being made perfect. He became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him called of Yahuwah, a high priest after the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. And I'm stopping right there because that's where I was told to stop. So this sacrifice has to be of the flock, which is of the same bloodline. That's spiritually what that's talking about, of the same flock. You have to be from the same bloodline, okay? And we know that Yahusha is of the Davidic bloodline, which is part of Yasharel. Yasharel, okay? Now, I haven't been given a revelation about what the other animals represent. So I'm only going to speak on what was spoken to me. The only thing that did come to me was that the other animals could possibly be us ministering in Yahusha's name unto the other nations. Um, and I'm getting that from Yahukanon 13 verses 13 to 17 and Romans 12 verses 1 to 2. Now I'm actually going to go to Yahukanon 13 
a little bit later. So if you want to hold off on going there, but just mark that down uh, for reference as to what I just said about it possibly being us. So verses 13 to 17. And I want you guys to see the reason why when you go and read that. Okay. Okay. So Yahushua Hamashiach was sacrificed for the propitiation or the remission of our sins. Right. One thing to remember is the high priest prepared the sacrifices being made. I mean, being offered to Yahuwah. We just read about that in um, Hebrews. I can't remember if it was the fourth or fifth chapter, but we just read about that in Hebrews. I want to say it's the fifth chapter, 1 to 11. So we just read about that. So Yahushua did this to his Talmudim, okay? So this is where it's going to get kind of like intense. So please, 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 please pause if you need to reflect, rewind, whatever you need to, but I pray that you get this and with all you're getting, get understanding. Hallelujah. All right. So let's go back to Vayikra or Leviticus 1 verse 9. Okay. And I'm going to do my best um, to be led by Ruach HaKodesh so that you guys can get what you're supposed to out of this. So actually, if you go back up to uh, verse 8, it says, and the priests, Aaron's sons, shall lay alathah the parts, the head, and the fat in order upon the wood that is on the fire, which is upon the altar. But his inwards and his legs shall he wash in water, and the priest shall burn all on the altar to be an ascending smoke sacrifice, an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto Yahuwah. So, but his inwards and his legs shall he wash in water, and then later on, it should be an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto Yahuwah. Okay? First place I want you to go to is Ephesians chapter 5. And let's pray that I can get there too. <laughs> you guys, I'm I'm just, I'm not used to this uh, safer because it's got extra books. If it were the canonical Bible, I can get to it like that, but... So Ephesians 5, start to verse 25, going to verse 27 reads, Men, love your women, even as Mashiach also loved the called out assembly and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious called out assembly, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish the washing of the word so where is where is Yahuwah's word supposed to be in us in our hearts well I don't know about you maybe you was you know you came out weird but my heart's on the inside of my body so that sounds like the the washing of the inwards right so and it says in Leviticus 1 and 9 that the inwards were washed with water and this in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 26 says that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word so the word is the instrument used to wash the inwards right because it says by the word so the 12 disciples were having their inwards washed while they followed Yahusha Hamashiach 
and were taught of him. So the whole, like all the whole Basora, when we see the disciples following him, when he calls them to himself, and then we see them following him wherever he goes, he was washing their inwards at that point in time. All right. Perfectly, you're still with me. All right. Let's go to Yehukanon chapter 13. Told you I was going to get there. Got there sooner than you thought, didn't I? <laughs> okay. Let me stop. Let me let me get there while I'm over here making jokes. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to start from verse 1 and go to verse 17, but I'll let you know when I get to verse 13 so you can make a mental note of what verse 13 to verses 17 says. Okay. Okay. Now, before the feast of the Pesach, when Yahusha knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, Allah Fah, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Yehuda Iscariot, Shimon's son, to betray him, Yahusha, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from Yahuwah and went to Yahuwah, he rose from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the Talmudim's feet, Talmudim's disciples, and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then came he to Shimon, to Shimon Kepha, and Kepha said unto him, Adonai, do you wash my feet? Yahusha answered and said unto him, Alatha, what I do... What I do, you know not now, but you shall know hereafter. Kepha said unto him, You shall never wash my feet. Yahusha answered him, If I wash you not, you have no part with me. Shimon Kepha said unto him, Adonai, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Yahusha said to him, He that is washed need not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and you are clean but not all. I'm going to start right there. That's verse 10. He's, Yahusha said, he that is washed. When did they be, when were they washed prior to this? When did we see them being washed prior to this? What was Yahusha talking about? He was talking about, he, he washed them with water by the word. He is the word. He was washing their insides this entire time up, up until this moment. So he that is washed need not to save, I mean, need not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. So he's like, the only thing that needs to be washed at this point is your feet. Because every other part of you is clean, but not all of you are clean. Because my commandments, these words that I've been speaking to you this whole time hasn't penetrated one of you. One of you isn't clean because one of you did not believe. One of you didn't receive. One of you does not know me. This is what he's saying to them. All right, I'm picking up in verse 11. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore said he, you are not all clean. So after he had washed Alathal their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said to them, unto them, know you what I have done to you. This is verse 13. Pay attention to verses 13 to 17. I'm stopping at 17. So that's how you know I'm at 17. You call me Rabbi, which is teacher, and Yahuwah. He said, you call me teacher and Yahuwah. Okay. And you say, well, 
for so am I. He did deny it. He did not deny it. If I then, your Yahuwah and Rabbi, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. So this is the reason why I'm like, well, perhaps the other animals represent us from the different tribes. Who knows? Pray about it. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Aman, aman, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Adoni, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are you if you do them. So please, please go pray about that. And if you receive a revelation, let me know so I can be on track because I don't want to be out here saying anything other than what Ruach HaKadosh has given me to say because I know Ruach HaKadosh has given me what the Father has given him to say. You, you, you tracking? All right. So the 12 disciples had their feet or legs washed by Yahushua HaMashiach, the high priest. Go back to Leviticus 1, verse 9. But his inwards and his legs shall he wash in water and the priest shall burn all on the altar to be an ascending smoke sacrifice an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto Yahuwah okay so I'm emphasizing certain things for a reason so we're going to go to the book of Acts or my scene chapter 1 and we're going to go from 1 to 11. The former treats, treaties, apologies, you guys, just read it for yourself. Have I made, <laughs> O Theophilus, of all that Yahushua began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up? After that, he taught, um, let me go back. After that, he, through the Ruach HaKodesh, had given commandments unto the apostles who he had chosen to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of Yahuwah, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. So they have to remain in the place where Yahuwah is about to do this thing, okay? They have to remain on the altar, okay? But wait for the promise of the Father, which said he... You have heard of me, for Yahukanan truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Ruach HaKodesh not many days hence. When they therefore were come to gather, they asked of him, saying, Adonai, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Yasharal? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. But you shall receive power after that the Ruach HaKodesh has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Yehud and in Shamron and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, you men of Galil, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Yahusha, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. That makes me think of First Thessalonians 4 and 17. Those that remain will be caught in 
are those who are alive and remain will be caught up into the heaven heavens into the shamayim with those with the dead that rise rose first and they'll be caught up in the what clouds they'll be caught up in the clouds this picture is starting to come together for me i don't know about you guys but i just had to say that because yeah that was amazing so the ascending smoke sacrifice is burnt at the door of the tabernacle of the assembly i know it seems like i'm all over the place but just bear with me yahusha is the door right and we we read about that in john chapter 10 i have to go there it's a lot of scripture i told you it was going to be a lot of scripture that's why i said if you need to pause it get there so john chapter 10 verses 1 to 9 Aman, aman, I say unto you, he that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spoke Yahusha unto them, but they understood not what things they were they were which he spoke unto them. Then said Yahusha unto them again, Aman, Aman, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enters in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. So the door of the tabernacle of the assembly is Yahusha. And the tabernacle of the assembly is Ruach, is the Ruach of Yahuwah. We all tabernacle together in the Ruach. Just like the, the disciples in Acts chapter 1 were on one accord. In the Ruach. They were on one accord. Now it doesn't say in the Ruach because it wasn't until chapter 2 that you see that they received Ruach HaKodesh. But they were on one accord. I just want, I'm just going to, I'm going to leave it there. The ascending smoke sacrifice is our obedience, which is a form of worship unto Yahuwah. That's the ascending smoke sacrifice. Our worship unto Yahuwah is the ascending smoke sacrifice. And it is a sweet savor unto him. That's what it says in, in verse 10 in Leviticus 1. And notice it says that this is a voluntary offering. And you might have to go and read the entire chapters in order to get all these things that I'm throwing out here. But it says that this is a voluntary offering. We are not forced to obey or worship Yahuwah. And remember, obedience is a form of worship. So when you obey him, you are worshiping him. This is why obedience is better than sacrifice. I pray that all of this is starting to make a little a little bit of sense unto you guys because I will say that this is this is a lot and this is a lot. If you need to listen to this 15 times, listen to it 15 times because it's worth it. Trust me, it was a lot just just getting it together to make this episode for you guys. Okay, so we're going to move on to Leviticus chapter two, and that speaks of the grain offering and how it must be offered without leaven. So we know that Yahusha is the unleavened bread or the manna. We read about that in John chapter 6. Um, and then we should be without leaven as well. So leaven, for biblical context, is deceit. Lies and deceit. 
All right. So I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 16, verses 5 to 12. As soon as I can. There it is. Matthew 16, 5 to 12. And when his Talmudim, or disciples, were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Yahushua said to them, or said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Parashim and of the Sadakim, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. Which when Yahushua perceived, he said unto them, O you of little faith, why reason you among yourselves, because you have brought no bread? Do you not understand, neither remember the five loaves of the or the of the five thousand and how many baskets you took up? Neither the seven loaves of the four thousand and how many baskets you took up. How is it that you do not understand that I spoke it not to you concerning bread, that you should beware of the leaven of the parashim and of the sadakim? Then understood they how he had bade them not beware of the leaven of the bread, but of the doctrine of the parashim and of the sadakim. So this doctrine is, is full of deceit and lies. So he's leaven, leaven are, is lies and deceit, okay? Lies and deceit, that's what leaven is. Go to, to Galatians 5, 7 to 10, okay? You did run well, who did hinder you? No, you did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? This persecution comes not of him that calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. So a little lie makes the whole thing a lie. I have not, I have confidence in you through Yahuwah that you will be none otherwise minded. But he that troubles you shall bear his judgment, who, whosoever he be. So this is a revelation that came to my dad that I'm going to give you guys because I thought it was very, very amazing. Yahuwah is intelligent. So in the garden with Adam Hua. Adam was given the commandment not to touch, not to eat the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For in the day that you do, you shall surely die. Or you will surely die. We'll say you will surely die, right? My dad received the revelation from Ruach HaKadosh that the serpent added one word into that commandment. You shall surely die which made it a lie because he told Hawa, you shall not surely die. He added not in there. That one word added into Yahuwah's commandment made the entire thing a lie. A little leaven leavens the entire lump. A little leaven leavens the entire lump, you guys. All right. So this is also, so you remember, you remember chapter one, we were talking about uh, the Pesach. Okay. This is also talking about the Feast of Unleavened Bread, all right? Uh, Leviticus chapter 2, talking about the Feast of Unleavened Bread because you're supposed to offer it without leaven, okay? This offering is without leaven, without lies, without deceit, without anything added into it. But if you start, if you go down to verse 12, we learn that the Torah, that this is the Torah of the first fruits, which is the next biblical feast after the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So let's read from 12 to 16, which is the end of the chapter. For the oblation, oblation is a gift. 
For the oblation of the first fruits you shall offer them unto Yahuwah, but they shall not be burnt on the altar for a sweet savior. And everything, I mean, and every offering of your oblation shall you season with salt. Neither shall you suffer the salt of the covenant of your, of your Lua to be lacking from your oblation. So your gifts should have salt. With all your offerings, you shall offer salt. And if you offer an oblation of your first fruits unto Yahuwah, you shall offer for the oblation of your first fruits green ears of grain dried by the fire, a lathal, even grain beaten out of full ears. And you shall put oil upon it and lay frankincense therein. It is an oblation, and the priest shall burn the memorial of it, part of the beaten grain thereof, and part of the oil thereof. With all the frankincense thereof, it is an offering made by fire unto Yahuwah. The disciples were the first fruit of the priesthood under Yahusha Hamashiach. All right. The, the disciples were the first fruit of the priesthood under Yahusha Hamashiach. And the first fruits aren't burnt on Yahuwah's altar, but are green or ripe. And they are dried by the fire, but not consumed or destroyed by it. Hmm. <laughs> so keep that in mind. I'm going to address this first, the oil and the salt upon this offering. So if you go to Matthew chapter five, verse 13, it says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot, under the foot of men. To be trodden underfoot of men. Apologies. So, this addresses the salt portion of this, okay? So now you should, you should understand, this is going back to the fact that the twelve Talmudim save Yehuda Iscariot. We're going to add in um, Yahu or Matthias or however you want to pronounce his name, we're going to add him into it because he was there. He just wasn't one of the 12, but he was made one of the 12. And I want to say it was before Acts chapter 2 took place. But go back and read it. Verify it. So the salt is added on to this offering. And Yahushua told them that they are the salts, <laughs> okay, of the earth. All right, now let's address the oil. Acts chapter 2. We're finally there. Talked about it so much. 1 to 4. And when the day of Shavuot, which is the next feast after the first fruits. So first fruits is the third biblical feast. You have Pesach, unleavened bread, first fruits, and then Shavuot. Or they call it Pentecost in the Greek, but it's Shavuot. That is the third biblical feast. Fourth. The fourth biblical feast. <laughs> I had to think about it. I said, nope, there's something wrong with my math. My math ain't math. And it's the fourth. Because you have Pesach, Unleavened Bread, First Fruits, and then Shavuot. It's the fourth biblical feast. Torah, Ruach HaKadosh. And when the day of Shavuot was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Because that's what Yahushua told them. He said, stay here. <laughs> stay here. That's basically what he said. Stay here. Don't move. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. Hmm. 
like as a fire? And it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Ruach HaKodesh and began to speak with other tongues as the Ruach gave them utterance. So they, were, they weren't consumed or destroyed. They weren't consumed or destroyed. Go back to Leviticus 1 and 9. But his inwards and his legs shall he wash in water, and the priest, Yahusha, shall burn all on the altar to be an ascending smoke sacrifice to be worship unto Yahuwah, an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto Yahuwah. But then, if you go back to Vayikra, let me go back to Vayikra, <laughs> chapter 2, it says in verse 12 that the first fruits for as for the uh, as for the oblation of the first fruits you shall offer them unto Yahuwah but they shall not be burnt on the altar so they're not destroyed on the altar hmm hmm and again, this is also, and so that addresses the oil por portion. Yahu, uh, Ruach HaKodesh is the oil por portion. So when it says that the first fruits are, let's see, let's go back to, and you should put oil on it. So they should have salt and they should have oil on them. Right? This, prayerfully, this is painting the picture that it was painting for me. I'm not as good a teacher as... I'm not even a teacher, but if I were a teacher, I'm not as good a teacher as Ruach HaKodesh. And I pray that Ruach HaKodesh is teaching you as I speak because, like I said, I'm not a teacher. This is this is not what I do. But <laughs> I'm giving you what it gave to me. And prayerfully, you have ears to hear and eyes to see and a heart to perceive. And you have understanding. All right, moving on. This is the last place that I was given to go to for right now. Leviticus chapter 3. So this is the peace offering which we offer to Yahuwah by faith in Yahushua Hamashiach. Okay? So, uh, I'm going to read this first and then I'm going to go to Romans chapter 5. Okay? And if his oblation or gift be a sacrifice of peace offering... If he offer it to, of the herd, okay, of the herd. So this is of the bloodline. This is Joshua, whether it be male or female. So this is one of the few that it, it, it could be a female offering as well. Well, Yashara is made up of male and females, right? He shall offer it without blemish before Yahuwah, and he shall lay his hand upon the head of his offering and kill it at the door of the tabernacle of the assembly. And Aaron's sons, the priests, shall sprinkle the blood upon the altar round about. I'm going to stop right there. The peace offering unto Yahuwah is our faith in Yahusha Hamashiach. This offering is offered at the door. Who's the door? Yahusha. And then the priests or the sons which are the angels, the ministering angels, shall sprinkle the blood upon the altar round about. Mm. All right. Now let's go to Romans chapter 5. If I don't pass it first. Romans, there you are. I'm going to read 1, 2, 6. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with Yahuwah 
through our Adonai Yahusha Hamashiach. I can stop there if I want to, but I was told to go to verse 6. This is the, the peace offering is our faith in Yahusha Hamashiach because we are justified by our faith in Yahusha Hamashiach unto Yahuwah. Yahuwah, we're not justified in front of Yahuwah unless we have faith in his son, Yahusha Hamashiach, our king, our savior, our kinsman redeemer. But I'm gonna keep going. By whom we all by whom also we have access by faith un, into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of Yahuwah. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation works patience, and patience experience and experience hope. And hope makes not ashamed, because the love of Yahuwah is shed abroad in our hearts by the Ruach HaKodesh, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, at the appointed time, Mashiach died for the wicked. Hmm. This is an offering of the herd or bloodline and can be made male or female without blemish. This offering is made at the door of the assembly. The flesh of this sacrifice shall be eaten the same day and none shall be left the next day. Now that's only if it's the thing, if, if the peace offering is offered in Thanksgiving, if it's a vow offering, the flesh can be eaten the next morning, but if it lasts on the third day, it shall it shouldn't be eaten because if it's eaten on the third day, it's not accepted from Yahuwah. So if you think about your faith, you can't have faith one day and then that's it. You're good. You know, once saved, always saved type of mess. You know what I'm saying? You have your faith has to be has to be renewed daily basically okay and you can actually read about that in leviticus 7 starting in verse 15 okay about the different types of peace offerings because again there's one of thanksgiving and there's a vow offering as well but they're all they all fall underneath the peace offering and so what i what i pray you got from the first three chapters of leviticus is how we are changed First, spiritually, and then physically. So this twinkling of an eye <laughs> that that First Corinthians fifteen is talking about—that is when our flesh is actually changed into an incorruptible body. Reason being, I'm going to go here. Wasn't in my notes, but Ruachadesh said go there. Revelation chapter nineteen. I keep being led back to Revelation chapter nineteen. So. Uh, let's go here. Let, we'll start with verse seven. Nope. Verse five. And a voice came out of the throne saying, praise our Yahuwah, all you, his servants and you that fear him, both small and great. And I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude and as the voice of many waters and as the voice of mighty thundering saying, hallelujah for Yahuwah, Elohim Zavaoh reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb has come and his woman has made herself ready and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white for the fine linen is the righteousness of the Kodashim, which is saints. And he said unto me, right, blessed are they which are called into the marriage supper of the lamb. And he said unto me, these are the true words of Yahuwah. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, see, you do it not. I'm your fellow servant and of your brethren that have the testimony of Yahusha. Worship Yahuwah. 
For the testimony of Yahusha is the Ruach of prophecy. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were as a flame of fire. Mm, here goes his fire again now. But this is a consuming fire. And on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself, which name in this case is nature and character and authority. So he had a nature, character, and authority which no man knew except himself. Okay? And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of Yahuwah. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in what? Fine linen and white. Well, wasn't that the same thing the bride was clothed in? Hmm. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. What do you think that sharp sword is? The word of, Hugh, of Yahuwah is sharper than any two-edged sword. The sharp sword, that's his word. Now, remember when he kept his mouth shut in front of the religious leaders, when he was standing in front of Pontius Pilate? He didn't speak. He spared them. He gave them mercy. Because when he opens his mouth, you see that it says that he smites the nations and shall rule them with an, a rod of iron, and he treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Yahuwah Zabaoth. And he has on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Yahuwah Adonai. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to the, all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great Yahuwah, that you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of them that sit on them and, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beasts and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, which with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast or the nature and character of the beast and them that worshiped his image. These, so if you worship the image, if you worship what, ooh, I must, let me just keep going. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone and the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse. That's his word. They were slain with his word. Which sword proceeded out of his mouth? And all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Y'all, this was heavy for me. I cried. I rejoiced. It, it, it's, it's hard. I'm rejoicing because if Yahuwah finds me worthy, this is my victory. And I'm crying because if he doesn't find someone that I currently love, un, if he finds them unworthy, their fate is not good. Their fate is what I just read in Revelation chapter 19. There was a lot of crying and rejoicing. And I'm my Ruach was rejoicing because I'm like... <laughs> Now, here's the thing. Yahuwah knows. Yahuwah knows who's going and who's not going. But just thinking about if I'm called to this 
this this supper and I, I actually make it into the marriage of the of the the supper of the of the you know what I'm trying to say if I make it into this wedding supper but other people that I'm walking with right now don't that's that's sad that's 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 a time for lamentation it's getting real Yahuwah is revealing these things unto his children and it's not for naught. He doesn't do anything in vain. It's a reason he's doing this now. I can't remember where it says it in Revela- um, in Romans. I think it's in, in chapter 11. But Yahshua was blinded for a time. Yahuwah allowed us to be blinded for a time so that the Gentiles could come into the kingdom. Again, I want to say it's in Romans chapter 11. But... The fact that we're no, that he's he's removing our blindness from us and he's waking us up and he's giving us these, these, these revelations, these understandings. This should be a sign. This should be a sign. They listen, trim your lamps. Make sure you have enough oil. OK. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to leave it right there. Prayerfully, this was meat unto you. Prayerfully, this fed your Ruach, okay? That's what Replenish is all about, feeding you, feeding you. I remember when I was in Michigan, I heard Ruach HaKadosh say, my people are spiritually malnourished. Then he sent me back here to Tennessee and he sent me with the message of Replenish. He told me to Replenish. That's why this podcast is called Replenish. It was a commandment given unto me. Replenish. If you'd like to get in contact with me, <laughs> like I just kind of, anyway, <laughs> if you want to get in contact with me, you can reach me at replenishme at gmail.com. Much shalom and ahava unto you, my beloved, and to my neighbor, and to, the, and to the stranger in the land, if you're listening as well. <sighs> Until next time, shalom alakim.